It is week one of the regular season. It is finally here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Falcons Audible presented by AT&T. We got the same crew in front of you. Maybe wearing different shirts than we did last week, but we're <laughs> delivering the same knockout material. I'm Derek Rackley. That's DJ Shockley, and that's Dave Archer. We ready to talk some regular yeah. season football, y'all. It is finally here. After all of the podcasts that we had as far as free agency wrap-up and draft wrap-up, and it's the off-season OTA special. (laughs) All that is in the rearview mirror, and I know you are all excited to watch some regular season football as it comes to us this Sunday, Mercedes-Benz Stadium against the Carolina Panthers. Here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to get right into some keys. Like, let's talk about some keys to a victory for the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. We will talk about an area... Maybe it's a phase, maybe it's a player, maybe it's something the guys have where the Falcons need to step up in order to make those keys to become a reality and get a victory. And then maybe, again, if we have time, we'll go down memory lane and see if the guys can tell us any memories from their first season opener. Maybe as a rookie, maybe it was just a season or opener that uh, sticks out to you. Mm. But first, Arch, (laughs) (laughs) if you can do this... (laughs) Summarize this Falcons-Panthers matchup in one word. Yeah, having called this game over the last uh, 20 years, twice a season. uh, I guess this will be our 20th season, so 19 years, twice a year. Thank you. Congratulations, Awesome, man. 20, uh, so 19 years, calling it twice a year. Um, The one thing that sticks out to me over the years is this is a really physical game. Okay. So physical, physical would be would be the game, would be the word I would come. Does, okay. does the lead up count for word count or <laughs> See, I, or is this when he makes knew. a statement? I knew that we, us going with I'm this asking. topic was going to yeah. bring something. Gotcha. I figured you were going to call him out on physical game. <laughs> physical two words. What physical. do you what do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Hey, can you do it? Can you do it? What Shock? do you got? In well, okay, one so, word. Because so I just think is. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. He didn't take it. I'm going with. I had a couple words when I, you know, thought about this. One word. Okay, cool. Let's go with intense. Okay, it's an intense game. I feel like over the years it's become one of those games similar to how over the years we started preparing for like New Orleans, where we really did not like New Orleans. I think this game is becoming that because of how close it's been over the years and how you know this game. Ultimately, every division game matters, but I think Carolina has taken on a different kind of feel over the last few years. And I remember when it came here last year, that crazy game we had here. Yeah, yeah, it was intense. Yeah, so yeah, okay. We got physical. We got intense. What you got, Rat? What you got? I've got quarterbacks. Oh. I think this is going to be an interesting game of quarterbacks. Atlanta, as we know, has a newly minted quarterback one in Desmond Ritter. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on what he can do this year. And then, of course, speaking of one, number one, Bryce Young, overall pick for the Carolina Panthers. So what is he going to do for this organization? Is he the answer for that quarterback position moving forward for the Carolina Panthers? So I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on the quarterbacks and how effective can they be in this game moving the ball up and down the field. So we've got intense, 
physical, intense, intense physical, physical <laughs> quarterbacks. I like it. Well, What's and you, your guys, one you, word? Guys, you guys went ahead and explained yours. I just explained why I, I would have a producer There's no field difference. For this. There's no difference. No, the, you explained why it was intense. And he you, explained why it was quarterback. I never explained why it was physical. Do you want to explain why it's physical? I'd like Arch? to explain why it went. Okay, the floor is uh, yours. Okay, these are two teams that ran the ball in these two games last year. Remember, it was a Falcon win here. Miracle win here because <laughs> yeah. of DJ Moore's helmet <laughs> right, toss. Right, 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 Atlanta right. wins the game here. But in that game, Dante Foreman ripped Atlanta for over oh, yeah. 100 yards rushing. Yeah. You fast forward five weeks, was it? Four weeks later, it was on a Thursday night in New or- in uh, Carolina. Oh, man. And Dante Foreman touched him up again for about another 135 yards rushing. But both these teams wanted to run it. They wanted to maul you physically in the run game. And remember the big deterrent for Atlanta in game two was the interior pressure that they had from Derek Brown. Yep. Uh, you had Anya Matis was in there as well. Now Shai Tuttle is now that interior presence of the big defensive tackle that's that's complementing those two edge guys. So the physicality of both the Falcon offensive line and how big and physical Carolina's defensive line, that became the kind of the storyline between these two teams. Well, I love the explanation because I feel like it's a great segue into our first topic where we're going to talk about Keith. So, Arch, I'm going to go right back to you. So, If you're looking at this matchup, let's start on the offensive side of the ball here. So Atlanta is on offense. Do you still feel like this this game, as far as big key starts, line of scrimmage up front for Atlanta? Well, I think certainly because of maybe the key you talked about with two young quarterbacks, mm-hmm. what would you like to be able to do? No You'd like doubt. to be able to run it. They've got Mike Saunders is now play, playing for them out of Philly. Guy had 1,300 yards rushing a year ago. We've got guys, we know who we're bringing to the table from a run game standpoint. Young quarterbacks, you want to run the football. So the key for me offensively is to stay out of third and long. Yeah. Okay, and the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you can get some mash in the run game. I think both teams will try to keep both their quarterbacks out of third and long. All right, so offensively, Arch says stay out of third and long. What comes to you as far as offensively for Atlanta when they have the ball is a key for them to have success in this game? I think it's a correlation of what Arch just mentioned of of third and long, and I think it has to do with early down success. I think the efficiency that you can have in early down situations, whether that's throwing it on first down and, hey, you completing a little stick route or, you know, you, you got Drake London with an off-coverage guy and you just throw a hitch out there. Now it's second and five or second and six or whatever it may be. I think early down success is going to be huge to settle down a quarterback in a ball game where, hey, this is the first real one that matters for this season. You're the guy. You're taking control of it. If you can have early down success, whether that's in the run game or pass game, and Arthur Smith's been known to mix it up on first down, throwing it and run it, or either it's getting Desmond Ritter on the edge. Maybe you create a a, a short edge with you know movement, and I think that's a big key. Will be staying out of that third and long, but if you can do it on first and second down with efficiency and not getting yourself behind the chains, we saw in the first preseason game. Uh, well, not the first, the second one, where uh, the offense had a chance to move the football. You had a couple false start penalties. You had a, a holding penalty. Those things set you behind. So now it's first and 15, first and 20, and now you're playing behind a chain. You're trying to catch up and get to third and medium or so. So I think first and second mm-hmm. out efficiency is going to be big in this game. I think it's a great point, DJ. Uh, and it's it's eerie that you say that because that was one of the keys that got hammered into my brain when I was in this building as a Falcons player under the direction of Greg, Greg Knapp as the offensive coordinator at, his, at that time, rest his soul, and Jim Mora Jr. is we always talked about keys. And to the average fan, you always hear about third down conversions, Right. 
But we always backed that up and we said third down conversions are a result of first down success. And so our goal was always four yards or more on first down. And so it's not one of those statistics that you can pull up on NFL.com and find, well, how often did they get four yards or more on first down? But if you actually sat down and tallied it up, say, okay, on this series, on first down, did they get four yards or more? What happened on third down? You probably are going to look and see, did they succeed? Yes. Did they miss miss out? Then, yeah, that's probably why the punt team is on the field. So kind of something for you guys to think about when you're looking at third down conversions, more or less how much success do they have on first down. My key offensively, guys, is going to be, and I, and I mentioned it, it's going to be Desmond Ritter. And what, I'm, what I mean by that is just him going out and having a game plan personally where, where you make the decision as far as take what the defense gives you. Mm-hmm. If they're going to give you a check down to the running back or the tight end, take the check down. But when the opportunity comes and you want to hit the skinny post down the middle of the field or you want to hit the back shoulder on the sideline that we saw in the preseason to Drake London, then go make those plays. But it's him using his decision-making, sometimes like the long drive that we saw against the Bengals, use your legs. Go pick up a first down. No doubt. But I'm, I'm interested to see the decisions that Desmond Ritter makes offensively to start for us is one of the big keys to moving the ball up and down the field. Let's go defensively. DJ, I'm coming right back to you. Defensive key for Atlanta to have success against Carolina. You know, I think it's easy enough to talk again about the line of scrimmage, which obviously is going to be a big part of this game, but I'm going to go on the back end and I think playing top down. This is a team Archer talked about at the end of the ball game last year. Uh, here, DJ Moore goes over the top of you and that's when you have the big play. I think one of the things that helps a quarterback if you hit a big-time throw early in the ballgame or you hit a deep throw, you hit a, a a throw that gives you that confidence that you can let it loose. And if you allow the big play in this ballgame to a rookie quarterback who is coming into his first ballgame, the confidence builds. And there's nothing like, trust me, as Arch can tell you as a, as a quarterback, being able to hit a deep ball throw in a ball game gives you all the confidence in the world. So I think if you play top down, force them to go 10, 11, 12 plays. Force the young quarterback to make those decisions. Force him to check it down mm-hmm. to that back like you talk about when you're in a ball game, it's your first one, and you want to make some big-time plays. You can't allow the big plays in this ball game. So I think you got to play top down and not allow – yourself to be beat over the top with some big time plays. How about this? Smash the explosive play opportunities. Mm. I just tried I tried to bring mm. savage I like with that. it. I like that. Smash who and any even explosive even play. with the facial expression. <laughs> right? Sometimes wow. you just gotta Halloweenish right there. We're not even too Halloween. I love it. Okay, Arch, what do you got? Mm. What do you what's got? That, for what's defensive that, what's that key? say right there? Can you read it? Prevent writing? explosive plays. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Well, what it, he, is it so, what he said? So, yeah. so prevent explosive plays, playing from the back end. You mentioned, you know, smash the, the, the explosives. This is a team in Carolina that had 15 plays of 15 yards or more in the two games combined. They scored 59 points combined in these two games, just under 30 points per game, right? 29.5 points per game. 29.5 points per game on the year will win a lot of football games for you. Atlanta can't allow that. And so how do you do that? You don't allow the explosives that you guys just talked about it. Make the young quarterback, make some good decisions to try to move the chains. Uh, Make the, make them run the, try to run the football against you, get them in third and long situations, get them in uncomfortable situations. How do you do that? You prevent the 10 to 15 yard plays. That makes it a long way to go. You mentioned put 10, 12 plays together. I, I think that, 
it's probably an adage you could use all year long, but I think it's certainly in this case it's apropos young quarterback, first NFL start, a team that's still trying to kind of find their legs a little bit on the offensive side of the football. Based on what we saw in preseason, Bryce Young got knocked around a ton mm-hmm. when they tried to throw the football, make him feel the heat and get after him. Here's here, another thing. If you go back to Bryce Young's M.O. in college, it was to push the ball down the field. Yeah. yeah. And the preseason games I saw, they were trying to push the ball down the field. So mm-hmm. if you're a Falcons defender, you know this is a quarterback that is willing to take those shots. We've seen over the years, there's quarterbacks who just refuse to throw it more than 15, 20 yards down the field. They want to be efficient and check it down and be in, you know, third and short or less. So this is a quarterback that will test you throwing it deep. So I think it's even more apropos. Nice. That you have to be ready for those kind okay. of situations. Okay. Hey, listen, we know <laughs> that Bryce Young played at Alabama. He played in that pressure cooker, played against arguably the best competition in the country each and every week maybe played against him each and every practice when mm. he was going up against his defense. Yeah. So I think it's it's fair to say that this moment is probably not going to be too big for him. Yeah. And if you just look at Bryce Young on the field, right, he's always just been like cool, calm, and collected. Never too high, never too low. Always looks like he's under control. Oddly enough, you guys, your defensive keys were talking about the secondary limiting explosive plays. And as a traditionalist, you're right. Like, I'm always – you mentioned it. I'm always one of those guys that says you got to stop the run. you got to mm-hmm. stop the run. But I'm kind of going secondary too, and mine is let's take the football away. I like that. Like, yeah. we got to take the football away because here's what happens. You can even survive a game where they run the football on you or you give up one or two explosive plays. If some point in the drive, you take the football away. Yeah, you may not have preferential field position, but that's one thing that I'd like to see out of the defense in this game and this entire season is just have that tenacity for taking the football away. It's the most it's it's the statistic in the NFL that dictates wins and losses more than anyone else. It's turnover margin. Yeah. Can you take it away and can you protect it on offense? So I'd love to see this entire defense, maybe the secondary, take the football away. When like Bryce that. Young tries to push the ball down the field, let's take it away. Yeah, mm-hmm. both teams like a year ago, 17 turnover tur- takeaways, turnovers, takeaways. Um, which was right at the bottom of the league. Both teams were minus four in the giveaway takeaway. Subsequently, you're not a playoff team. Exactly. So there you go. Exactly. All right. So so we talked about some offensive and defensive keys. Now, DJ, let me come right back to you. Uh, an, an area that the Falcons need to step up, and I don't I don't want this to look like this is uh, a disadvantage. This is an area that they need to improve on, but maybe it's just n- another secondary key where you're looking where this group needs to step up and improve their play, either from the preseason or from what we saw last year. I'm, I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball, and I'm going to say we, we've talked a lot about Desmond Ritter and him and his, you know, being the, the key to this offense and the key kind of to this game. I'm going to go to the guys around him. I think the guys around him have to help him out just as much as he has to help himself out. And when I when I say that, I say there are going to be opportunities in the ball game where you're going to hit B. John Robinson on the choice route and he's going to have two guys around him. Can you make a couple guys miss and pick up six, seven, eight more yards? Yep. There's going to be a time where you throw Drake Lund in a back shoulder and can he come down with it and get two feet down and convert on a third down? There's going to be time where you, you, know, you find Kyle Pitts one-on-one and he has to win, and you give him a big ball throw, and he has to come down with it. I think the guys around him have to be just as important as the quarterback in this game and give him the opportunities to make those plays. But also, once you get in your hands – 
do something extra with it. Don't just catch it and fall on them. Yeah. Don't just, you know, make the play, which we are absolutely good with making the play when it's there. <laughs> but let's do a little bit extra. Let's get some yak. Let's make some plays after the after the catch and be uh, a guy that, that, that gives Desmond Ritter some extra help throughout this ballgame. So I think it's critical that you, you help your quarterback in this as well. And as much as everybody tries to put it all in, in number nine's hands, this is going to be big for the guys around him to make plays. I love that point, DJ, because I've mentioned this a lot, and Arch, you guys probably do as well when you're calling games, is that there are times when your quarterback is not going to make a perfect throw. True. There are times when the ball is going to get tipped at the line of scrimmage. So I say a lot of times, make an even better play, right? And we saw, we can go back to the drive on the Bengals, right? Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts both caught what I would call off-schedule throws True. to help your quarterback out. Sometimes those are the plays that you need not only to continue a drive, but potentially to win a game, right, Arch? I mean, mm -hmm. we want the quarterbacks to be perfect, but they're not going to be. Right. So it's a great point is make an off-schedule catch, break a couple of tackles, show some yak. What's an area that you feel like needs to improve for Well, Atlanta? I'll flip it on the other side and kind of do the complimentary, what you guys are talking about on the offensive side of the ball, guys making plays where they're supposed to be and, and, and make it when you have an opportunity. Let's tackle well. Uh. This is a defense that, that has shown yeah. signs of tackling well, and then sometimes they don't. There's a lot of new characters on this defense, especially the two inside linebackers in, in Troy Anderson and uh, Caden Ellis. So those two guys are going to have to tackle extremely well. But when you get a chance to get a tackle for a loss, don't miss it. Mm. You know, make the tackle. You get an opportunity. You mentioned takeaways. You get a chance to get your hands on the ball, take it, steal it. And you can't have any blown coverages. If you go back and look some of the tape of some of the practices with the number one unit, they were still kind of working through some of the paces of, of trying to play together. Communication back there, there was some blown coverage, especially down in Miami during some of those open practices. Mm -hmm. There were some blown coverages in practice that would netted pretty easy throws for Tua that would have been touchdowns in games. Now, they didn't play in that game against Miami. We saw them play in that one game here against Cincinnati. They did a decent job in that one drive, but still there was some movement there. Got to make sure that you just do – what you're, you're capable of doing, what's called, yep. not make the mistakes. But number one, be tackling in the open field. You know, and I'm going to take that one step further, Arch, because I was kind of thinking this as far as an area of improvement is. I want to see the defensive front, and you can extend it to the front seven. I want to see them flex their muscles. Mm. And Arch, I'm going to throw this back as a question to you. But when is the last time that we as a Falcons organization have had what you felt like a scary defensive front? I have one in mind, but I want to ask you the question because you've yeah, seen these over the it's, years. It's going to go back because you're talking about um, you're talking about a defense that was ranked top ten in 2017. You went to the playoffs with. Don't know that the defensive line was scary. Um, you'd have to go back um, into I think 2012. The team was ranked 15th in the in the or 12th in the NFL in defense, but again, not scary. I think scary you have to go back to maybe 98 wow yeah you know when you yeah. start thinking about a defensive front that you know had th that cast of characters with Archambault and Chuck Smith and those guys coming mm, off yep. the edge yep. and they led the league in sacks that scared you a little bit I would assume because yeah. they could get after yeah. you so I don't know I mean John Abraham in 16 had, had 15 and a half 16 sacks but he was the only guy and remember six of the 16 sacks came in two games right right you know he had two three sack games so I'm not sure there's been one of those moments where you say, wow, that's a scary defensive front Atlanta has. So you and I are on the same page because, number one, I was thinking John, John Abraham, right? I felt like that was the last time that we had a pass rusher that you think that 
opposing offenses truly had to game plan yeah, for because he yeah. had the ability to get after the quarterback. Yep. But the flip side is that you mentioned that it's been since probably 98 since that unit has been dominant. And then you think about some of the teams around the league. You think about like the Micah Parsons of the world, the Boses of the world, even the Hutchinson kid up in, in Detroit, Detroit now. Yeah. Like some of the best defense, Jones in Kansas City, right? Yeah. They have a guy that is a menace, yeah. that is an absolute game plan nightmare. How do we slow him down, right? So maybe it's not one person for Atlanta, but they brought some reinforcements in where I'm not necessarily saying this has to be a sack all the time, but like where you're seeing Falcons jerseys in the backfield, where you're seeing Falcons jerseys pushing offensive linemen back into the quarterback's lap, when you're seeing running backs come up to the line of scrimmage having to stop and bounce and find a different hole, right? Yeah. Like that's the type of front seven that I would like to see out of this Falcons team. We've talked; they've talked a lot about mantra, right? Defensive front has done it. Defensive backfield has done it. Ryan Nielsen trying to set a new precedent of how this the defense is going to attack. Let's see it on the field now. Let's see it on the field sure. because you want to win, win up front on and defense. I, and I think that's where this defense will be. It'd be a, a collection of guys. And I mean, you look at the way it's constructed, and you look at the way. Ryan Nielsen wants to get after the quarterback. And, of course, we haven't seen the full complement of it because all these guys haven't been together and, you know, attacking in that, in that kind of style with the, the defense they want. But I think you look at the collection of guys, it's going to be a compilation of maybe this guy has five, maybe this guy has six, maybe this guy has four, and it adds up to what you want it to be at the end of the year. And I think that works even better because sure. you want to have the depth. And you, like you guys mentioned, coming to a game knowing, all right, I got to go block Julius Peppers over here. You knew coming in every week. Yeah. That was a dude you had to account for. Yes. But when you come into a game knowing, I don't know which guy's going to be this week. I don't know which guy I want to give the one-on-one to. And I think we saw in Cincinnati where, you know, they, they, they tried to double Grady. They tried to double on Yamada. And Calais comes slap free because he's the one-on-one. Those, I think, are going to be the matchups throughout the year that you watch and say, okay, it could be any given guy on this defensive front. Or we've heard how much uh, Arthur Smith talked about, I love the way Caden Ellis can rush. Mm -hmm. Like, that can be a part of it, too. Add yep. known guys like that. I think it's going to be interesting to see how these guys are used in these different spots. I'm all about a collective effort. Because yeah. if at the end of the season we look at sack numbers or we look at opposing running game or rush defense numbers and they're in the top five or ten, yeah. you'd be cool with that, right? No doubt. Be cool with that. Uh, what about your keys? What about your areas? Shoot us a comment down below. Let us know. Maybe we'll talk about it on the next show. Maybe that will end up being one of the keys that we have. All right, final discussion. Arch, coming back to you. Let's talk about memory lane a little bit. Season openers. Back okay. Can lane. you remember a season opener either from your rookie year or maybe it was an anticipated year throughout your career where one game, the opening game of the season, sticks out to you? Yeah, year three, uh, I had won the job as a starter here and and uh, we we closed the season with I think two two or three wins to close the the season before out. One of those wins was over New Orleans. Beat them in New Orleans. We came back. We opened up New Orleans here, or I mean, sorry, in New Orleans again. But it was the opening game of the season, and it was Jim Morris Senior. And he's not a senior, but it, for this lack of a better way to describe it, the senior most Jim Mora was coaching <laughs> at at uh, in New Orleans. Yep. Uh, Bobby Abear, all those guys down there. And we went down there and smoked him. Yeah. Beat him 31-10. Um, but it was a build-up to here's our arch rival yep. and all that kind yep. of stuff. And so it was a fun fun day to what go down do, there. Just what you do, Arch? What you do? Huh? What you look like that day? 
What oh, you DJ about? wants to know the numbers. He, wants, I, I, he I, said, I, he said I, that's all fine and Danny. Like, I tell know, me what I want to know did. what my dude did. <laughs> I, I, had, I, had a, I had a decent. Points. I had a decent day. Yeah, we put. Yeah, we put thirty-one. I, I think I was. Uh, what was I? I think I threw for about two ten, two tubs. Yeah, yeah. Had about fifty yards rushing. I think, fifty rushing. Ooh. Yeah, I had a sprinkle a little bit. Okay. loose. I like Boot, it. Like yeah, well, yeah. Dave Waymer was a defense. I'll tell you a story <laughs> real here. Dave Waymer, uh, former Notre Dame Fighting Irish, played corner for them for a long time. We we're up. At, we we're up in the game. We're mauling them. We had just gone. We'd gone on a twenty-one play. 11 minute drive what? and Riggs pounds what? one in from the, I mean they they were this is in the third quarter they get the ball back they go three and out and they punt it to us we go on a seven play or a ten seven to ten play drive that was like seven or eight minutes long I bootlegged one out of bounds you know got the first down and bopped out of bounds Waymer said dude just stay in bounds man we're trying to get to the left <laughs> Get over with this. He, he wanted clock doing? running. Arch says season doing? opening wins are always yeah. sweet, but over when it's New against Orleans. New yeah. Orleans, it's just Those even a little bit more sweet yeah, when you're a member of the those. Atlanta Falcons. DJ, one stick out from you. Uh, I'll, even, I'll even extend it for you to college if yeah, you would like to. Yeah, because my rookie year, Michael's here, then <laughs> told my ACL, then Matt Ryan was here, so no chance to start for your boy. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, I'll go back to, yeah, I go. Uh, you probably guys never heard this story. My first uh, collegiate start. And we're playing Boise State, and I think we we're supposed to be the only upset the entire weekend. And uh, they came to us, and uh, I was excited for that game and got my first start. And first start, you know, threw for five tubs and ran another nice. one. And uh, we ran Boise up out of there, and it was a good day. It was a good day. So a lot of people uh, were taking some things back they said about your boy <laughs> coming into that season. So it was uh, it was kind of good to well, rub you, in a little you, bit. You had stuck it out, too. The thing that was cool about DJ's career at Georgia is you had a guy named David Green that was, was a pretty good player. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Shock didn't transfer. He could have gone somewhere, anywhere else in the country. He had had to sit out a year, but he could have started somewhere else. Like, yeah. He didn't do that. He was a homegrown kid. He stayed here. Played high school ball here, waited for his opportunity, and when he got his opportunity, he was SEC Player of the Year. Um, and so that's good on you, bro. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate, appreciate you. Appreciate that you. brings up another question that I'd like to ask you, but we're going to ask it another time. Yeah, because it's your turn. Because that could end up being another thirty-minute conversation. <laughs> um, love that, by the way. Appreciate you. Um, you get all kinds of tubs. Like my 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 memory is no touchdowns. Okay, <laughs> uh, but I do remember my very first game in the regular season, uh, two thousand. Uh, we opened up against San Francisco at home. Jeff Garcia was the quarterback at the oh. time. Uh, it was my first year snapping, and I had a Hall of Famer in Morton Anderson as my kicker, right? So I just kind of, even though there's already pressure as a rookie coming into a specialist position, there's a little bit more pressure when Morton Anderson had already been in the league for like 14, 15 right, years, right? right? right, right. Just came uh, back over from New Orleans, and, and he's expecting perfection, yeah. right? So sure enough, first half, we get we end up with five field goals oh. in the first half, nice. right? Then in the second half, Chandler kind of warms up a little bit. He ends up hitting Sean Jefferson for like a 48-yard touchdown. I think I think T. Mathis scored in that game one time, too. We ended up winning like 30, I think it was like 36 to 28 or something like that uh, over the 49ers. But I just remember that was a busy day for me because nice. we had a lot of field goal and yeah. extra point opportunities. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to be able to to snap to Morton for a long time. A guy. That, I mean, uh, I mean, we got to give you a lot of credit because me and Arch, we, we get at least – 20, 25 attempts to get it right. Throw, <laughs> you get one attempt to throw that slugger back there. Got to be right. <laughs> well, he'd run right. down. He'd snap it on punts, too, and he'd yeah. be down there tackling guys. He'd be trying to throw like throw my stuff around yeah. a little bit. Yeah. 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 See if I can get somebody Listen, wait, way down wait, there. Was that, 
Rackley to snap. That, Rackley made a tackle? Yeah, he's done all <laughs> oh, no, Running downfield, uh, another show. I will give you guys a story <laughs> about the one, the hardest hit that I've ever taken was by Donovan Darius, the former Jacksonville Blindside hit or something? Yeah, blindside yeah. hit. And I will never forget that one for the rest of my life. But I that's going to be in another podcast, <laughs> okay? Uh, week one coming up this weekend. Hope, hope you guys are as excited as we are. Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Regular season is here. Let's Thanks go. so much for joining us here on a Falcons Audible presented by AT&T. On behalf of DJ Arch, I'm Rack. See you next time, everybody. Just Bye-bye. be 1-0, baby. Let's go, baby. <laughs>